This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever with enormous breaking news. If you were just joining us, the game between the Ravens and Steelers scheduled for tomorrow night has been rescheduled. It has been postponed to Sunday afternoon. The league just announced that in the last few minutes. It, it, it happened seven minutes ago. I'm reading a variety of tweets about it. Again, the league announcing that the game has been moved and they will announce the time, quote, as soon as we can. But again, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, which was scheduled to be played tomorrow night, the nightcap, the primetime game on Thanksgiving. I, I think that might be one of the most watched games of the entire NFL season, one of the most watched football windows of the year will now be vacant because of the coronavirus. We know the Ravens have had multiple tests uh, come back positive this week, players and staffers, and so now it has been moved back. I can tell you the first moment that I thought this was likely to happen was when I saw a tweet from Derek Wolf of the Ravens. We showed it to you on television this morning when we were talking about the possibility of the game still being played as scheduled. And Derek Wolf of the Ravens tweeted, player safety, what a joke. And you could tell if that was the sentiment coming out of Baltimore, this was going to turn into a problem. For what it's worth, the Steelers' Chase Claypool, with the news that this game has been postponed, just tweeted, what a joke. So one way or another, there's a lot of strong reaction to an extraordinarily difficult set of circumstances, the result of which is there will only be two games tomorrow on Thanksgiving. You will have Houston-Detroit in the early spot, Dallas-Washington in the late afternoon spot, and now you will not have a night game tomorrow night. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My NFL insider, Dan Graziano, is with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Dan, again, this news just breaking. I know that you are uh, getting it as we all are getting it at the same time. What more can you tell us? Ravens have had seven positive player tests in the last three days, including two new that came back this morning. Um, they are going to continue. They wanted some more days of te- the league wanted some more days of testing, right? They wanted to be able to continue testing for the next several days to identify uh, how far this spread is going. They're hoping it's stopping here. They're also identifying the close contacts of those players that have tested positive and evaluating them. None of the seven players who tested positive will be allowed to play in the game Sunday. They won't be cleared by them. So it's running backs, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. The backup quarterback, Trace McSorley, uh, linebacker, Pernell McPhee, uh, center, Matt Skura, defensive lineman, Calais Campbell, and an offensive lineman, Patrick McCarry. Those guys are all out for the game because they tested positive. So they pushed back the game because they got a couple more positives today, and they want to make sure and take as, as many days as possible to continue testing to assess where this thing stands and whether it's safe to play it on even on Sunday. So the one time I can think of this specific thing happening was with Tennessee when it started to spread like yes. this on a team. Yes. And so what does that tell us about the way this is likely to go from this point forward? Well, I think the key thing to understand is that um, the Tennessee thing was like a month and a half, two months ago at this point. Right. So a lot has been, um, a lot has been learned since then, 
right? So the, the league has I, – I apologize. If I pause while I'm talking, it's because I got another text. No problem. Uh, the, um, the league has evolved its protocols to the point – uh, where it, it feels like it's handling this differently than it might have been able to handle it in September. So the, the, the testing and tracing protocols are are two months more tested, right, than than they were then. So they have it. They have it. Uh, the ability to kind of uh, figure out whether this is a serious spread. Tennessee had like 23 people, right? But even Baltimore's not at that point yet. So uh, they're trying to play the games because they're running out of bye weeks and places to reschedule them to. But obviously the priority is they don't want anybody to get sick or they want as few people as possible to get sick. And um, they think that what they've learned throughout the, the season in terms of testing and being able to play the games uh, has helped educate them to the point where they are, yeah, they are handling this situation differently than they probably would have handled it in September. Greeny and Graziano with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan is on the shell Pennzoil performance line. Um, you mentioned that they're running out of bye weeks. Bas- let's, for all intents and purposes, say there are no more. I-, I think there actually are two more teams that have bye weeks still to come. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, if these games have to get, if any games have to get moved off the weekend in which they're scheduled to be played, we have a mm-hmm. different set of circumstances. What do we know about the league's plans? Let's just let's just live in a world where this game can't be played yep. on Sunday. The Ravens have more positive tests to come back. This figures to be. A meaningful game. It, it's it's very unlikely that this game will have no bearing on the playoffs when the season comes to an end. So, what do they do? Correct. So, if if there's enough games to warrant a quote unquote week 18, where they'll add a regular season week at the end of the season and push back the start of the playoffs by a week, this would fall into that. I don't know if they would create that week just for one game. It's possible they would. I don't think they've necessarily gotten that far or identified a number of games they would have to have to make up in order to, to add a regular season week. But that would be um, what would happen. If the games start to have to get postponed, they would try and put them all into another extra week. Hopefully you don't have two, a team get two games postponed. If they can't make it up, then that's where – you have, remember, a couple of weeks ago, the owners voted to expand the playoffs to eight teams per conference. If mm-hmm. there were playoff implication games that couldn't get rescheduled, then that would come into play at this point. So that if, you know, somebody were to get left out of the playoffs because of an uneven schedule, there would be one extra spot available uh, to help uh, compensate for that. So that's, you know, that's the second step in that plan if they can't get the game or another game that's postponed rescheduled. And then, Look, this is far-fetched, and it's a a headline grabber, so I want to make sure and present it responsibly. The league put out a a memo around the time the Titans were dealing with this that if a team is found responsible, like if they find out, for example, that the Ravens are at fault here for the outbreak, right, because they violated the protocols, Mm -hmm. and then their game can't get made up, then it brings into the possibility that they would declare it a forfeit. But, again, that is really – really down the line in terms of potential outcomes here. Right. So to be clear, there is no reason to expect that to be the case here. I, I, I hear you. No, they, they, would have to, they would have to determine that, that Baltimore had violated the protocols, that that's what caused the outbreak, and the game cannot be made up. Right. And I, before they'd even consider that. Got it. I, I, do, I, I hear you, and I want to make sure that we're as clear as we can be on that. That In, in no way are you suggesting that's what Please. the league thinks here. <laughs> it, it, is just one, it is just one of the possible outcomes of this. Uh, again, if, if they don't have any more positive tests in the next two days, then we would expect the game to be played as on Sunday, as is now scheduled. 
but none, there is no certainty. Yes. I've, I've been saying this since March. In a pandemic, there are always more questions than answers. But the good news is I got guys like Graziano who always have the answers. Um, can I ask you about the Buccaneers thing? Have we covered everything we need to on this? Is there anything we're missing that you think the audience should know on this before I move on? The time, the start time of the Ravens-Steelers game Sunday is to be determined. I'm sure some people are wondering that now yeah. that it's been postponed, but they haven't announced what time it will start yet. And I do not believe that the league will move the start time of either of the two remaining Thanksgiving games back. So that just cleans up those potential questions. Okay, so so yeah, so they, that, that's good. I hadn't even thought about tomorrow's games. They probably will stay where they are, and they just won't have a primetime game, which is it's the only right. the only way you can describe that is it's a shame for them for us for all of yes. us for all of us who look forward to that um but i think this is a year especially on this holiday that we be thankful for what we do have and and we accept the fact that there are some things this year we're not going to have so let's be thankful for the fact Amen to that. that we have any of these games at all okay well let me quickly ask you dan if i could because you had your notes this morning were the first thing i read when i woke up and you had really interesting notes. You know that I've been very hot on this Bruce Arians, Tom Brady thing. I feel like Arians' offense does not fit the quarterback. And for the life of me, I don't understand why Arians is insisting on continuing to run an offense that looks a lot more like what he likes rather than what his quarterback does well. And you had a very interesting note on some things you've heard from some people about the possibility that there really is a little bit of discord there. I'd love you to share that. It, again, these are outside theories, right? Just people trying to figure out what's going on. We know that Tom Brady has has had some degree of control over the uh, over the offensive roster, right? Like, I mean, he wanted Leonard Fournette, he wanted LaShawn McCoy, he obviously wanted Rob Gronkowski, he wanted Antonio Brown. Bruce Arians is on record in the offseason not wanting Antonio Brown, uh, and there he is on the team. So there's a, there's a theory going around that there is actual real tension between the two because. You know, uh, uh, hey, buddy, we got you everybody you wanted. Why aren't you playing better? So it, it, these things happen when they lose. If they start winning games, uh, they got the Chiefs this week and then a bye. So it might be a while before they win again. But if they start winning games, you know, they kind of disappear. But while they're losing, you know, you do start to see some of that tension kind of spill out and what Arians is saying in press conferences, et cetera. It'd be interesting to see if Brady cracks at all, right? Because he's always so good in the press conference and in the interview of keeping everything to himself. So yeah, I, I'm sure people will be parsing his comments in the coming days and weeks for, uh, for some of the same kind of stuff. All right, we'll see what happens. Dan Graziano, who always has the latest. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks, Greeny. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. All right, that's Dan Graziano with me with the very latest. I want to pick up the topic there. While we were having this conversation on television this morning, my friend Sal Palantonio sent me a note that they are looking closely at the Tampa offense on his terrific show, um, the matchup show. And he had a bunch of notes, and I said, Sal, we got to do this on the radio today. So I'm delighted to bring Sal Palantonio in on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, and we also need to get to the Eagles with Sal. And Sal covered the Ravens this past week, so there's plenty we can talk about. But Sal, welcome, and let's start with the Tampa Bay stuff. Please share with everyone, if you will, as we're sitting here talking about the mess that is the Tampa offense with a 43-year-old Tom Brady having thrown more interceptions this year than he threw all of last season the stuff that you guys found as you were going through them closely for the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Michael. You know, I was just blown away, as a lot of people were, yourself included, that Bruce Arians would say Tom Brady a defense. I mean, 
like saying Neil Armstrong's got problems with the pitching yard on the lunar module. <laughs> it's it, you know we're, we're we're talking about Paul McCartney here. If you got a problem with the band, you're not changing Paul McCartney. <laughs> you're, you're changing the drummer, or you're or you're changing the playlist in the concert. And I think that's the bottom line. And what we've looked at with this offense, and we have looked at this offense for the past year, uh, past season on the NFL Matchup Show. It's pretty clear that he got Gronkowski, but he really needs Josh McDaniels. Because if you look at the the Patriots offense over the years, it's all about option routes and controlling the middle of the field between the hash marks with Julian Edelman, with, um, with Wes Welker, with Gronkowski, with uh, the late tight end Hernandez, whoever it was. The ball was out in one Mississippi. Up oh, there it goes. Before you get to two Mississippi, before you get to two seconds, the ball was out of Tom Brady's hands. Now, last year without Gronk, he couldn't control the middle of the field with those option routes as well. And he had the most, he had the most throwaways, balls thrown out of bounds, and the most intentional groundings that he's ever had in his career. Why? He doesn't want to get hit, doesn't want to get sacked, doesn't want to throw interceptions. So this year, what we're seeing on film is what? He's holding on to the ball longer. His offensive line is not as good. The option routes in the middle of the field are not there. A, he's getting hit. B, he's getting sacked. And he's throwing interceptions. So it's, it's a mess, and it's the offense. I'm so glad. The reason I wanted to bring you on here is I love it when people come on and confirm the theories that I've been espousing, and my theory is that it is not Brady who is the problem. It is that there, he's running the wrong scheme. The, the analogy I made, and you would get this one, Sal, making your home in Philly as you do, you don't bring Ben Simmons onto your team if you want someone to shoot threes. So you don't bring Tom Brady onto your team if you want someone to throw the ball down the field. If you want to, if you want to risk it, biscuit offense. If you want to chuck it all day long down the field, then you don't bring Tom Brady in. You shouldn't have brought him there in the first place if you were going to insist on running this offense. That's the way I look at it. What do you think happens now? Well, what I think happens now is they're going to have to adjust. The first thing that has to happen is that Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, who's calling the plays has to stick with the run. I mean, this is something that we talk about all the time on our show. You must have balance. You must have at least the threat that you are going to run the ball continually. And right now they're running the ball. Call run plays are at 35%, which is in the bottom third of the league. Okay, so now you have an offensive line with a tee-off on you. The quarterback's getting hit, throwing interceptions, and you're not running the ball. That's leaving the defense on the field more than they want to be on the field and giving the other offense a short field. What does that sound like? Hello? It sounds like Jameis Winston last year. Mm -hmm. It sounds exactly like Jameis Winston last year. The defense put in a bad situation. And the defense has gotten absolutely, they've got embarrassed by Drew Brees and the Saints. They couldn't hold up against the Rams. And here comes the best quarterback on the planet, Patrick Mahomes the second. So they have to, in this game, and you know, you, you know that Tom Brady has always done well against the Steve Spagnuolo defense if Spagnuolo does not have a pass rush. When he was with the Giants, yeah, pass rush. With the Chiefs, not so much. He drops his safeties back, and he hopes for coverage. 
That's what he does against Lamar Jackson. So in this particular game, what I think they will do, what Spags will do, is he will just blitz Brady like crazy like he did in those two Super Bowls when he was the D.C. of the Giants. We'll see what winds up happening. That's one of the really good games on the schedule this weekend. Greeny and Sal Palantonio. One thing, Sal, before I let you go, did you hear Doug Peterson today talking about his quarterback? Have you heard this yet? I I, ha- I was in the studio taping matchups, so I didn't hear okay. it. Okay, I'm going to play it for you. I'm going to play it for you, and I'm play it for everybody. So Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, is asked about – the quarterback, Carson Wentz, again, they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. There's been a lot of noise about benching the quarterback, not coming from him, but coming from media and other places. And you're going to hear Doug Peterson talking about how it's his job to make the tough decisions. Then listen to the exchange with the reporter that continues from there. Just listen to this. Tough decisions have to be made in this in this business, whether it's a, a tough decision to, to move on from a player in the offseason or, um, you know, to – the decision now to whether you're going to make the move at quarterback or not. I mean, though, these are all decisions that have to be made by me. But for the most part, I just uh, I focus on the players. I focus on on getting better each day. You're not making that move, right, Doug, to a different quarterback? Not today on Wednesday, no. Okay, possibly for, for Monday? Um, I'm focused right now on getting better today. I mean, okay. we're looking. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I would say no, no, no. Carson's your starter for Monday. Yes. Sal Palantonio, can you interpret what we just heard? Well, I think he's sticking with Carson Wentz. I think you will see more Jalen Hurts. But I'm on record here in Philadelphia saying it's time to hit. Let Carson Wentz hit the reset button. Uh, I was there. In 2000, I believe it was eight, four years after he went to the Super Bowl, Donovan McNabb was benched in Baltimore by Andy Reid. And I was in the press conference, and I asked Andy Reid, the head coach of the Eagles at the time, why would you bench Donovan McNabb? And his answer was very simple, Michael. He said, sometimes you have to step back an inch to move ahead a mile. And right after that benching, the Eagles got blasted in that game by the Ravens, but right after that benching, Don McNabb went off, the Eagles went to the playoffs, and he had a tremendous end of the season. And I think that's the kind of thing that Carson Wentz needs right now for two reasons. One, it sends a message to your locker room that every player is accountable for their mistakes, including your $130 million quarterback. And two, it sends a message to Carson Wentz, you know, you need to realize here's the problem and we can't fix it. Maybe if you just have a timeout and see another player take your spot on Monday Night Football, national audience, that you'll have a better appreciation for some of the mistakes you're making because they're happening too much and we can't seem to fix it. So I'm on record as saying that I believe that Doug Peterson should reset with Carson Wentz. I'm not saying permanently go to Jalen Hurts, but it is time for Carson Wentz to realize what he's got that could be gone for sure. Dominique Foxworth said the same thing this morning on TV. Sal, what a pleasure. I know, you know, I watch your show every morning. Oh, I, I'm always watching this show. I know, I you sent me an email today. Favorite show. Which is how we did it. Listen, Sal, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you, my friend, and I will talk to you in the next few days. Hey, be healthy, stay positive, 
Test negative. Happy Thanksgiving. You're the best. Sal Palantonio with me here on ESPN Radio with great insight into all things football between the Buccaneers there and then the Eagles situation. Um, he's been there a long time, and I remember that with McNabb. I do. I remember when they benched him, and I remember the initial reaction we had was, well, that's it. The McNabb era is over in Philly. And as Sal said, he sat a game, he came back, and he played better than ever. Maybe that is what they will wind up doing. I have a lot more to do in this hour. The next thing I will do is take your calls, because if it's going to be a holiday, it's going to be my favorite holiday. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. We got to do the airing of grievances. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Uh, Calling up next here with your grievances. If you're a football fan, you have a lot to complain about, and we will do that next. Air your grievances with me. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Your calls are next. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. I'm live this today from the above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Coming to you for your calls to air your grievances in just a moment, and then we will talk a little bit about what we are thankful for this year to wrap up today's show. But um, you just heard Christine Lisi with some of the news on this incredibly busy day. She mentioned the passing of Diego Maradona, the legend at the age of 60. Nick Saban testing positive, And, of course, the postponement of tomorrow's NFL game. Ravens and Steelers will not be played tomorrow. I want to share quickly a, a Twitter exchange that I was looking at during the break. Adam Schefter tweeted, Request to NFL and networks, please move back the kickoff times of Texans, Lions, and Washington Cowboys. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. And then three minutes later, he tweeted, Request denied. NFL is staying with those times and keeping the traditional kickoff times. Carry on. Enjoy Thanksgiving dinner. So the games, in case you're wondering, might they move them back? 
Again, I would think that primetime Thursday night, Thanksgiving night window would be the most, might be the most viewed football game of the year. I do, I've done no research on that. I, I don't know it, but it would stand a reason. Um, so we will not have a game in that spot tomorrow night. It is what it is. The other thing that I would mention I just saw is that they have, no surprise here, that they have canceled this year's NBA All-Star game, which was going to be in Indianapolis in February, and they've rescheduled their game to 2024. I saw this because Field Yates tweeted it, and in his tweet he wrote this. This was originally scheduled February 12th through the 14th in Indianapolis and begs the questions of how, where, and if the NFL will hold a combine before the 2021 draft. It's a good question. Will there be anything like the usual scouting combine this year? And the answer is we don't know. There are always more questions than answers in a pandemic. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Tomorrow is a holiday. My favorite holiday is Festivus. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. All right, the airing of grievances is a tradition like any other here on on this radio program. It is your turn at 888-SAY-ESPN to air your grievances as a football fan or a fan of sports in general. Let it out. You'll feel better. We start with Jonathan. Jonathan, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Air your grievance. Green, my grievance is that it took Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay for people to realize that Bruce Arians is a coach unwilling to adjust. You took a quarterback with great talent and decision-making issues, and Jameis Winston, you got 30-30. Now you got a Hall of Fame quarterback with great decision-making skills struggling like he's never struggled before. You say it all the time. Great coaches and teams put their players in positions to be successful. I cannot keep eating cheeseburgers and expect to lose weight. Hmm. Have a blessed day, man. That's an outstanding call. You know what? A round of applause. I wish we had, we need to get something, hashtag Bubba, to send people whose calls I particularly like. That is a great grievance. That is exactly the conceit of this of this segment, is I want that, exactly that. Jonathan, brilliantly done. I can send him my autograph. Send him, we'll get you, send you a, a signed photo of hashtag Bubba. Uh, Alex is next up on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Alex, welcome. Air your grievance. Yeah, Greeny, sorry it's got to go with Chicago here, but in the last five weeks, the Cubs have now lost the UFC. The Bears have lost four games in a row and now maybe switching QBs. The Sox hired and fired a manager, and the Bulls drafted a guy from Florida State who only went there for one year. What is going on in Chicago? These are tough times, tough times for the Chicago sports fans. You know, and it's a city right now in a circumstance that you really need the diversion that sports can provide. The one thing I will tell you is the Bears are still in it. Like they could just figure this thing out. And you know what I think, and everybody yells at me when I say it, but I'm going to say it again. Give the ball to Mitch Trubisky and let him run. See, the problem with, with, with this coach, with Matt Nagy, is the same thing I've been saying with Bruce Arians, is he's got this idea of how he wants the game to be played. Nagy is an Andy Reid disciple. He wants to play that way. So he puts Nick Foles out there because Nick Foles, in theory, can run that offense. But A, they don't have the pieces to run it, and B, Nick Foles, just, he, he's just not nearly as good as Matt Nagy wants him to be. Mitch Trubisky has a skill set. It isn't that skill set, but the good coach puts the player in position to succeed. The fact that they traded up to take this kid number two and have allowed the coach to do what he has done is organizational incompetence. That's where the problem lies. Give the ball to Mitch Trubisky and let him do the things he does well. I know he's hurt now, too. He's hurt. Foles is hurt. You got all this going on. I'm sorry that you're having a tough time right now with all of your beloved sports teams. Hopefully, there'll be brighter skies on the horizon. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, and Joe is next up on the line. Joe, air your grievance. 
Yes, Greeny. My grievance is with the Detroit Lions and mostly the higher love, how they have not um, handled Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn well. They were supposed to, they hired Matt Patricia to replace Jim Caldwell. They went, what, 13 and 29 in three years now? And how is that good enough? I'm getting tired of watching this team every single week. They, they got shut out last week for the first time in Matt Stafford's career. You almost feel bad. You almost want Matt, Matthew Stafford to maybe possibly go somewhere else. And, you know, I don't hate to see him leave, but I'd love to see him win something in his career. It's a good grievance. And, and you know what? The truth is Jim Caldwell had good years there. Jim Caldwell, someone if you can, Bubba, get, get me Jim Caldwell's record while he was there. They got rid of Jim Caldwell because they believed that he couldn't take them from point C, excuse me, from point B to point C, right? There's point A, that's when you stink. And there's point B, that's when you get good. But then there's a huge jump. The jump from B to C, which is championship caliber, is every bit as big, if not bigger, than the jump from point A to point B. So they fired Jim Caldwell because they felt he couldn't take them from point B to point C. And they brought in Matt Patricia, and he immediately put them back at point A. And that's where they've been ever since. And that's just terrible. What was Caldwell's record again? Bubba, you have it? He, he, was, he was over 500, I think. 36 and 28. He was eight games over 500. Do you happen to have Patricia's in front of you? The caller said it, but I didn't write it down. He went from 36 and 28 to now Patricia, who was way under, I mean, unimaginable. He couldn't, he can't even see 500 from where he is. 13 and 27. My goodness. So that's, that's an excellent grievance. These have gone very well today. James, you're next up on ESPN Radio. Go, James, air your grievance. As a 1990 Northwestern graduate, one year behind you, Greeny, and a bandwagon fan since our first Big Ten championship in 1995, having just been put number eight in the poll with a clear win-and-in path to the college football playoff, as a Northwestern grad, I have zero grievances. <laughs> well done. Well done indeed. I completely agree. I myself have no grievances as well. That, 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 we had a caller yesterday who brought up that he's a Chiefs fan and that almost no small things in his life. I never want to conflate really important things with meaningless things. I wrote in a book once. The, the beauty of sports is that there's nothing in the world better than investing absolutely everything into something that means absolutely nothing. Obviously, in the big picture of my life, it doesn't change anything if Northwestern does or doesn't win this weekend or any weekend. I love the school. I'm proud of the school. I'm proud of the kids. I didn't go there because I was a football player. But somehow, it makes everything seem better. And all the little small problems in life, the little things that can bring your day down, the flat tires of the world, are just made completely meaningless and so much less frustrating and annoying by having a great football team to root for. So I'm enjoying the heck out of this thing with Northwestern. It's a miracle. I can't believe it's happening, and I'm going to enjoy it as much as I possibly can. Thank you all for the calls. Thank you all for the grievances. We'll say that. Oh, we have one more. I'm told we have Shirley in Connecticut with sort of a different spin. Shirley, you're on ESPN Radio. How can I help you? Greeny, is that you? Oh, my goodness. It's Shirley's legendarily known as Liam's mum. It has been a very long time. Shirls, what's your grievance? Well, you've had your show going since August, and you've never called me. Oh, 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 oh no. <laughs> that was very... Uh, Shirls, I'm sorry. You know, you were a legend. 
during our days on Mike and Mike. And Liam Chapman, who still works, he was our producer on Mike and Mike for years. He's now, as everyone who worked on Mike and Mike did, he's become an executive at the company. Okay, that's a deal. Sheryls, we need to get you back on picking games as soon as possible. How are you? How's everything? How's your family? We're all good. I must say, now I'm back. I'm going to be better than ever. <laughs> but, is- but I'm yeah. not the woman I was. Cheryl's, <laughs> welcome back it is a pleasure to talk to you happy thanksgiving even though it's an american holiday um and so i don't know if you celebrate it or not but it is a delight to hear from you my very best to your whole family uh, and we will talk again soon that is Cheryl's, the legendary liam's mom who actually one year won the pool remember the year that she had the ncaa tournament this woman has never seen a basketball game in her entire life and she actually won the college basketball pool. Uh, and I think she like, predicted the final score of the ch- before the tournament even started. She had the final score of the championship game like within three points of being right. Uh, anyway, I think there are some things that should be said on this day, this day before Thanksgiving. And I'm going to say them. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny here as we work our way towards um, the Thanksgiving holiday. I want to read you two tweets that came up consecutively in my timeline. One of them is from Adam Schefter. Next Thursday night's game is scheduled to be Dallas at Baltimore. Cowboys will get the full week of rest. Again, the Cowboys play Thursday and then they will play next Thursday. The Ravens no longer will. The Ravens, for those of you just tuning in and joining us here, Ravens-Steelers scheduled for tomorrow has been postponed to Sunday because of coronavirus issues with Baltimore. So as of now, that game is still scheduled to be played Thursday night. Dallas at Baltimore scheduled to be played Thursday night. Um, and so the Cowboys will be playing on a normal week of rest, and the Ravens will not. That's not something that ever normally happens in an NFL season. But as Shefty writes in this tweet, this is the way the 2020 season works. So that comes up on my timeline. The very next one is a tweet from Eric Ebron, the tight end of the Steelers. So Brooke Pryor covers the Steelers for us, for NFL Nation at ESPN. And she posted a tweet that said, I'm hopping on SportsCenter to talk about the Steelers-Ravens postponement. And Eric Ebron of the Steelers quote tweeted that and wrote, to talk about what exactly? How they keep bleeping us? How they keep leaving. We had a we had a week four bye because of this. Now the only time we look forward to some rest was after one of the biggest primetime games we no longer have. We keep getting screwed. And here's what I'm going to say about that. I have zero criticism of Eric Ebron, even though he's wrong. The reality of the situation is, if you were in his situation, all of us, when when these circumstances become inconveniences to us, especially with important things like this, this is these guys' jobs, it's their lives, it's their careers, the Steelers have an unbeaten season, they're thinking championship thoughts, they put the, worked work their whole lives for this. I fully get his frustration, and I have zero criticism of him expressing it, even though, obviously, no one is screwing them. 
They have been on the wrong end of this thing twice now. They were the team that was supposed to play Tennessee back in week three, I think it was, and that's what got postponed the first time, and that's why their bye week got all messed up, and now it's happening again. And there is absolutely nothing anyone can do about it. These are just the circumstances we're living in in this year alone. And I'll continue to quote Dan Graziano, who said on, on, on Get Up at the beginning of the season, in 2020, in the National Football League, fairness is not the priority. Just getting the games played is. So I get it. If you're Eric Ebron, you're a member of the Steelers, you're frustrated. I fully appreciate it. I have no criticism of your criticism. But I think we should all, all of us who are not emotionally invested in it that way, should recognize that no one is screwing anyone that these are impossible circumstances that everyone is just making the best of. Meanwhile, one more thing I wanted to tell you. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Yesterday was something else. So Mike and I, when we were together here on these airwaves for 18 years, we talked a lot about our families. And some people didn't like that we did that, and I think a lot more people did. But yesterday for my family was really something else, or for Stacy and me anyway. So if you're a parent, you go through these different... You judge the passage of time if you're a sports fan sometimes, I think, by sports. I remember when things happened in life based upon what happened in sports that year. But when you become a parent, you much more pay attention to the passage of time based upon the lives of your children and the experiences you have with them and the stages of life that they go through and thus you go through with them. And I remember so vividly the first parent-teacher conference Stacy and I ever went to when our daughter Nikki was six years old and she was in kindergarten and we went to her parent-teacher conference. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I really do. That's an overused cliche, but it's true. I remember the teacher's name. Her name was Miss Reardon. I remember everything about that discussion. I, I remember what she said to us. Yesterday, and we had to do it virtually because um, of the pandemic, Yesterday was our last ever parent-teacher conference. We had Stevens, our daughter, Nikki, aforementioned, is now in college. We don't have parent-teacher conferences with her professors. And our son, Steven, is a senior in high school. And yesterday they had the last parent-teacher conferences that we will ever do. If you add the two of them together from kindergarten through 12th grade, we had 26 years of parent-teacher conferences. And yesterday was the last one. And it got me, it made me feel very sentimental. And it got me to thinking, particularly with tomorrow being Thanksgiving, about the things that I'm grateful for. So I, what I would, what I would say to you today is that I'm trying very hard during this very trying year for all of us to focus on the things that I'm grateful for. And I'm well aware that we have a quarter of a million families in this country who will live the rest of their lives with holes that will never be filled. But for the rest of us, there is still so much to be grateful for on this Thanksgiving. If you're healthy, if your families are together, in my case, I have this career that I love. I have this time to spend with you every day in the morning on television and the radio here in the afternoon, and it means everything in the world to me. So I just wanted to tell you that with this yesterday, it got me to thinking about just how grateful I am for my life and how grateful I am for the role that you play in it, just by hanging out with me every single day the way you do. So thank you. Have a very safe, healthy, happy, and wonderful Thanksgiving, and I will see you soon. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN.
This is Greeny, the podcast.